This is the Bill Sang Podcast. My name is Bill Sang. I'm very happy to be with you today. And I'm going to be talking about 2024, the 2024 election. Uh, this week, by the time I get this out, this will probably be over. But this week, I think even in terms of when I'm recording this, I think it's tomorrow. The Republican debate is happening. And normally I'd be very excited about the debates, but I'm very torn on it right now. Uh, because I am a big fan of debates. To me, it's like watching the Super Bowl, except for on steroids, because uh, watching a debate, to me, it's, it's a series of debates. So I guess you can kind of say like the playoffs leading up to the Super Bowl, so to speak. Um, but I'm not really interested in the issues and in the back and forth and the rhetoric and all that fun stuff. I, I really enjoy that sort of thing. But a key element is going to be missing from the debate this year, namely Donald Trump, it sounds like, that Donald Trump will not be taking part in this first uh, Republican debate for this primary season, and quite frankly, I, I can't fault him. I really can't fault him because Fox News has been very unfair to him. Uh, they did him dirty when it came to Arizona in twenty six in twenty twenty. That is, um, <clears throat> and instead, it sounds like he's opting to um, be with Tucker Carlson. It sounds like he's already recorded his interview with Tucker Carlson that's supposed to air on debate night. So uh, we'll see how that all plays out. Having said that, why would I want to see Donald Trump in the presidential, in the uh, primary debates for the Republicans? Um, First of all, I want you to know that I totally understand why not, at least in terms of politically, he has nothing to gain. Uh, from being in the debate with the Republicans, the other Republican candidates, because he's already so far ahead. He can only hurt himself at this point by being in the debate. And I think that it very well could hurt him a little bit to be in the Republican debate uh, because certain people, I think, could harm him, could make such a good showing, uh, namely Vivek Ramaswamy and Ron DeSantis. I think that those two could actually do some damage to him. And, okay, let me rephrase that. In theory and practically, they could. I think that lots of people that are going to vote for Trump cannot see Trump in a lesser light than what they see him. And that's okay. I'm not making fun of that. I think that it's a good idea to be committed in many respects to Donald Trump. Um, I'm going to get more into that a little bit later because I say that, but I have a different preference, to tell the truth. And I'll get to that here shortly. But why am I disappointed Donald Trump's not going to be in the debate? Mainly, well, because Mike Pence is going to be there, and Chris Christie's going to be there, and I would love to see him finally confront these two, as I think that Mike Pence, I will go on the record as saying I think that Mike Pence is a God-fearing man, a good man in his private life, but I think that he cares more about the approval of man than the approval of God and in doing the right thing. I saw this when he was governor in Indiana in backing down into what was the Religious Liberty Act, I think it was called, uh, protecting people that have businesses that might not want to do uh, artistic work, so to speak, particularly with birthday cakes for um, same-sex couples. Um, and he backed down from that after approving it. Very disappointed about that. And then we see this big thing in 2020 where he said that, well, he had to certify the 2020 election, that it was just a ceremonial position after all. My my contention with that is that you didn't have to sign anything. Nobody can make you sign anything. Nobody can make you do that. You chose 
to do that. You chose to certify, even if it's symbolically, you chose to symbolically certify the 2020 election. And if you didn't, would there have been consequences, quite frankly? But those consequences, if you got in trouble for that, Mike Pence, you may have done America a lot of good. You may have prevented them from going, we may have prevented the Russia-Ukraine conflict, for crying out loud. You would have saved us possibly from inflation and all these other things that we're going through because maybe, just maybe by your persecution, if there was such a thing, maybe the entire election would have been truly called into question because they would have seen true political persecution against somebody who is being persecuted for a merely symbolic ritual. Um and if it's symbolic, then who cares? You didn't have to sign if it's just symbolic. You could say, well, it's a symbolic, so I am symbolically refusing to certify the election. In fact, it's even more harmless that way. So nothing to worry about there. And I think, Mike Pence, you should be confronted by Donald Trump face-to-face, and you should go to Donald Trump face-to-face and tell him what you think, and Donald Trump should have the opportunity to tell you what he thinks about what you did to him. Not that you don't already know, but I think live on debate stage would in front of the American people for all to see how you would handle yourself when confronted by Donald Trump, how that would go. Chris Christie, that goes without saying. The guy's a blowhard. The guy just shoots his mouth off. And from a political standpoint, he's totally hypocritical. I mean, a very corrupt politician. Donald Trump was going to have him within his cabinet and then decided against it once he started looking into Chris Christie's record. Okay, that's how bad Chris Christie rose. And Donald Trump is not a politician that knows all the political ins and outs of things, okay? So that's how bad Chris Christie was that Donald Trump, after doing a review of the guy, said, ooh, this would be a mistake and chose not to have Chris Christie as a part of his administration. Good choice, Donald Trump. So what I really want to talk about tonight was that I'm not excited about the 2024 election, to tell the truth. This political season and everything, I'm excited about that. I guess for symbolic purposes and for the sake that I like debate and dispute and listening to rhetoric and all those things I mentioned before. Um, <clears throat> but I'm, I just don't have confidence in our system. I really don't. And I've had a couple people assure me that Donald Trump, that he's blowing everybody away. And right now, as far as I understand, that's true. Um, but if there's cheating in 2020 how can i trust that's not going to happen again and i know that certain things have happened that have changed laws and so forth that people have been held accountable some not everybody but some have been held accountable um and that certain laws have been reinforced i guess to make sure that what happened in 2020 not that donald trump not getting elected was something wrong but that there was something wrong that was going on. Laws were being broken inside of states for the sake of the elections. Um, And that, one way or another, negatively affected Donald Trump. But what else do I have problems with? Because I see so much that has not been taken care of. Namely, the Georgia video, where they pull out those Pelican cases of, of votes after a water line supposedly broke and all the people counting the votes were told to leave and some people stuck around and started counting more votes they pulled them out from under their desks and started counting the votes in those in those cases what's that and why are we told that, that was nothing they were told to go home and not count any more votes when that water main broke okay so what's that all about and we have not been given a good answer we've been told don't trust your lying eyes that's what we've been told 
Um, the accusations in 2000 Mules where they've traced people with cell phone data, that they have been able to trace people with satellites as to where they're going and the stops they're making at these left-wing groups and picking up ballots and dropping them off at, at, at drop boxes and such. What's that all about? And that's just been kind of... Pfft. Whatever, but see 2,000 mules. You'll see what I'm talking about. It's a strong case, and it's tangible evidence, tangible evidence that there is something shady going on in the 2020 election. The Dominion tampering. I know lots of people dismiss this, but there's something to this. I mean, you're able to manipulate these algorithms in so many ways to get it to say, well, you know what? Uh, a Donald Trump vote equals one, and a Joe Biden vote equals three. Uh, you're able to do that. And I don't doubt that that did happen. I don't know. I could be wrong. That might be totally off base. Um, but we can't even do an investigation of that. I mean, I, I don't understand that. Why can't we at least look into it? Uh, the fake addresses, the, the people that voted from fake addresses, namely that they are quite possibly fake people as well. Stephen Crowder did research where he drove from place to place in different states and they saw that there was no house at these locations, at these addresses, that there is nobody living, that there are empty lots even, fake addresses, and people said that they were voting for me. I mean, not people said, but there were people on record having voted from these addresses that did not exist. But again, don't trust your lying eyes. Dead voters, this has been a long-standing problem. This is nothing new. They need to clear the voting rolls of dead voters. Uh, the drastic swing of 700,000 votes in Pennsylvania that, I mean, and they called it before these votes were even counted. I did not understand that. Before the votes were even counted, they're saying, yep, this secures that Joe Biden has won the 2020 election. I don't buy it. I won't buy it. I can't buy it. And I don't understand how it is before these votes are even counted. They're already calling the election for Joe Biden and a 700,000 vote lead and being lost uh, because um, mail-in ballots are being counted. I'm sorry. There is just something shady about that. And I don't know how anybody in their right mind using their reason can conclude that anything other than uh, malfeasance, that, that, that foul play was involved in that process. It makes no sense. It is statistically and mathematically nearly impossible. Okay, I mean, it's just so unlikely. Uh, early calling for Pennsylvania, uh, the early calling for Arizona, and then not to mention, mention what happened to Carrie Lake and whoever it was that she ran against uh, in the interim election for the governorship of um, of Arizona. I don't even know, remember what the other woman's name is for crying out loud. I mean, Carrie Lake is so well recognized in that state and on top of that, when you actually go into the case and you look at the evidence that's presented that Carrie Lake was indeed cheated out of that election, it's compelling. It's very compelling evidence. And uh, the fact that they were getting people to fill out ballots that were not compatible with the machines that were counting the votes. And so these ballots were just being kicked out. Uh, and that's what caused lots of confusion back then. And you would have thought that after Arizona was a big deal in 2020, that maybe they would have gotten that figured out. But nope, we've had a conservative governor running for Arizona. So we can't possibly, and one that's not only conservative, but Trumpian in their standing. Thus, we cannot have this person as the governor of Arizona. That's my opinion. All the same. We need to be happy warriors going into 2024 because it's not going to do us any good not to show up to the polls, not to vote. 
We need to go, we need to vote, and we need to have faith that our votes are going to count. There's still a likelihood, a lot of people have a lot of strong faith that Donald Trump is a shoo-in, that he's going to just dominate. Having said that, I absolutely, 100% hope that Joe Biden is the nominee for the Democrat Party. Not that I think that any other Democrat can beat Donald Trump, so to speak, but because I think that it's so unlikely for them to make a convincing case that somebody else could legitimately, that Joe Biden could legitimately beat Donald Trump with all the bad things that he's done, the inflation, the economy, the war in Russia, I mean, the war in Ukraine, all these things. I mean, it's just insane how low Joe Biden has brought our country, and there's no way that he could beat Donald Trump, especially after the four years we had with Donald Trump, except for, of course, the last couple months where we had the lockdowns. I don't call it the COVID outbreak or the pandemic. I call it the lockdowns because that's what it was. They were lockdowns and they were used for political purposes. Yes, the disease was real, um, but that's not what the problem was. The problem was the lockdowns. And it wasn't for that, then Donald Trump's four years in office quite possibly could have been like the best four years that any president has ever had. Uh, Pretty remarkable. What I am pretty afraid of, well, and having said that, I don't want Biden impeached. I don't want him removed from office. I don't want him to step down from running in the presidential election. The thing is that it's gotten to the point where with the Democrats, it's not really about getting the votes. It's making the outcome believable. So having a bunch of illegal immigrants becoming citizens overnight, um, not that that's happened. It's happened in the past, actually. But it's not really about getting their vote. It's about making it realist, sound realistic that they got their votes. Okay, so, hey, we gave you amnesty. So it only makes sense that they would all vote for Democrats, right? Um, that's what it's really all about. It's really about making a convincing case. And if they put somebody like Gavin Newsom, this young guy in California who's the governor of California, that probably legitimately won in California because... Even though there are conservative counties and, and lots of conservatives in California that overwhelmingly, because of the big cities, it is a very liberal state that he probably legitimately won in California uh, because people can't just, just can't convince themselves to vote for a conservative. They can't convince themselves to vote for a Republican no matter how bad it gets out there. And it is bad in California. Um, so that's what I'm really worried about is them putting somebody like Gavin Newsom in. And by the way, I believe that if Gavin Newsom ends up sneaking into this election cycle, that he's winning. Not because he's that good of a candidate. He's a horrible candidate. He's a terrible candidate. He's a terrible governor. And I don't know that anybody actually really even likes him. But one, it would be believable because he's been elected and reelected as governor of California, and also that he is Nancy Pelosi's nephew. And I believe that if Gavin Newsom gets the nomination, they're going to pull out all the stops. Joe Biden, whatever. He's some corrupt guy from, what, Vermont, I think? it. I don't know. I don't know where Joe Biden was from. Um, Regardless, Joe Biden was just some old politician that they just threw in there 
because they're like, well, we need somebody that can realistically beat Donald Trump. Oh, Joe Biden, he was uh, Barack Obama's vice president. So that'll sound realistic this time. And then he wrecks the country and it's no longer believable. Okay, let's throw in Gavin Newsom or Michelle Obama for that matter. Okay, well, that makes sense. That would be believable. I hope that doesn't happen because, again, all they need is the believability and for it to be a close enough election uh, that they can that they can realistically manipulate the outcome. Uh, as Mark Stein once brilliantly said, that when Republicans win, they have to win beyond the margin of a lawyer. And that's absolutely true. Um, if Gavin Newsom or Michelle Obama were to get into the race and win, I guarantee they would be an absolute tyrant inside of office. I mean, you could forget about the other branches of office. It just wouldn't matter at that point. Having said all this, <clears throat> even though I'm very hopeful that Donald Trump becomes the next president of the United States again, and I don't even consider this other guy, Joe Biden, to really be a legitimate pre president of the United States. I don't believe he's duly elected. Uh, sorry. <laughs> it's just true. Uh, in the primary, who am I voting for in the primary? I mentioned that I have other preferences, and my preference actually in the primary is still Ron DeSantis. I watched the town hall that Glenn Beck did with the Blaze. Um, <clears throat> and mind you, there's the Iowa town halls, I guess. I don't know. It's not the caucus yet, but the town halls. And they brought on all the different uh, candidates who are running, the big-name candidates at least. And I, I still think that I was most impressed with Ron DeSantis. Um that uh, And here's some things I really like about Ron DeSantis. For one, I mean, he, I, I thought that he did a great job answering all the questions during the town hall. Uh, but beyond that even, one, look at Florida. Florida is a greater state than what it was before he entered office. A greater state. In fact, he won his first election by a very slim margin. He won his second election big time. Not even close. The people in Florida love him that much because he's done that much good for their state. Second, COVID. He handled COVID very well. Quite frankly, Donald Trump did not. He gave in to the pressure of who? Dr. Fauci and the CDC. Well, that's wonderful, isn't it? And I love Donald Trump, but he made a big mistake there because he did not understand the powers he was dealing with. Now, would he now? I think that he'd do it a lot better now, but still, I mean, I think that he got vaccinated and all that. I don't know that Ron DeSantis has. Uh, I don't know. He could have. I don't think. I don't think that he did. But Ron DeSantis stood for values when it came to the COVID lockdowns. He did not. I mean, obviously, we all like did the whole two week thing. Um, but then, short. I can't remember when he opened up, but he opened up a lot earlier. Opened up Florida a lot earlier than what a lot of states did. It wasn't the first, I don't think, but he was one of the first ones to open back up sanctuary cities. I love it that they started sending illegal immigrants to these sanctuary cities. I mean, after all, immigration is a big problem in Florida and it's a big problem in Texas. And so these governors, DeSantis, Abbott, they took their illegal immigrants and said, oh, well, there's these sanctuary cities that actually uh, aren't getting as many as what we are. So we'll send our illegal immigrants that want to be in the United States and these Democrats and these sanctuary cities just love so much. We're going to send these illegal immigrants to them. And then they complained and they whined and they said they were overwhelmed and all these things. And it's like, oh, come on. You are the ones who are preaching to us of how we need more illegal immigrants in our country and how they make our country better. So why is it that you can't take 20 when Florida and Texas are getting tens of thousands of illegal, of illegal immigrants inside of their states? So I love that about them. Drag queens, okay? Uh, lots. I, 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 this has been a hot topic. 
And Ron DeSantis has been on the right side of this one as well. Back in 2016, quite frankly, I understood, but I was a little bit disappointed with, with Donald Trump was landing on the idea of um, the opposite sex using the opposite sex's bathrooms. Because that's what it was back then. It was, and it was uh, Jenner, Bruce Jenner. Uh, he said, oh yeah, he could walk into Trump Tower, Caitlyn Jenner, could walk into Trump Tower and use whatever bathroom he, she wants to. You know, that was disappointing. And again, I still love Donald Trump. Don't get me wrong. Love Donald Trump. I'm going to vote for him when he gets the nomination. Uh, also, Rush Limbaugh endorsed Ron DeSantis. And Ron DeSantis, quite frankly, he's a Rush baby. That He has run the state of Florida the way that Rush Limbaugh would. And I love Rush Limbaugh's politics. God rest his soul. And uh, I think that, uh, I, yeah, I, I think that Ron DeSantis is the most politically solid, adept, and the most uh, able to navigate the landmines in the world of politics of all the people in the Republican Party right now running for president. I would say that another one, uh, Ramaswamy is a close is a close second. Vivek Ramaswamy, Vivek Ramaswamy, man, I am impressed with that guy. He is the real deal. When I first heard him um, on the clip from CNN, when he essentially got Don Lemon fired, um, I thought that it was a joke until I heard him talk. And he is rock solid conservative, and he knows where to stand on the issues. Which I would not be surprised if he ends up being. Donald Trump's running mate in 2024. Uh, so having said all this, I expect that Donald Trump is going to get the nomination by a landslide. I don't think it's going to be anywhere close, but I think that we should still vote for our values in the primaries. And uh, I think that Vivek Ramaswamy, unless something happens in the debates, will most likely be his vice presidential pick. Uh, and I hope so. I think that he's great. I really hope that that's who they choose for the VP and then DeSantis can stand Florida and continue to make that an awesome state as well. So, can we save America by electing Donald Trump next November? Yes, but there are tons of legal and procedural battles that we must win prior to that so that that can be a reality. So, again, I am anxious for this election cycle. You know what? But at the end of the day, I know that God's in control. And mind you, people say, well, we should just vote for Jesus. Well, we can't vote for Jesus. Jesus is king. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is God. We don't vote for Jesus. Jesus just is. He is the king. He is the Lord. He is the ruler, regardless of what anybody thinks. And I'm so grateful to be a believer in Jesus Christ because I know that he's in control of all things. When it comes to this election, when it comes to our country, I want to see it go in the right direction. So be praying for this election. Be praying for the candidates on both sides of the aisle in all fairness. And just pray that God just brings a true revival to this country where we turn back to him. We turn back to his word. We fall on our knees. We pray to him. And that we are that we conform to the values of God. That we say that what is good is good and what is evil is evil. And not that what is good is evil and evil is good. That's where we need to do. That's what we need to profess, that God's word is right and that we can build a society based on the standards of God. So my name is Bill Osang. This is the Bill Osang Podcast. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe.